Praise the Lord and welcome to our weekly 30-minute podcast, The Elephant in the Room with Bishop Michael Bellamy. Our podcast will cover various topics that are often overlooked, misunderstood, or even controversial from a biblical perspective. We're blessed to have a team of wonderful producers who want to make each episode something that will be enjoyable and informative. During this episode, we have part two of Making Marriage Work. Marriage requires individuals to be devoted to one another and make decisions in the best interest of the family. My guests are Bishop Curtis and Evangelist Angela Thomas. Today's podcast was produced by Associate Pastor Corey Lyndon Bellamy Sr. It was edited by Lady Satoya Clanton and Brother Howard Harris. I'll be right back with today's episode. Praise the Lord, Bishop and Evangelist. Welcome to the Elephant in the Room. Praise the Lord, Bishop Bellamy. Praise the Lord, Bishop. Thank you for having us. So glad to have you, um, you beautiful saints of God, as as our guest. You are dear friends of CTCM, Lady Gwen, and myself. And when I heard that we were going to have an opportunity to have this conversation, I was just totally thrilled to be in the company of some wonderful people and friends. And I hope that you are well. Let's begin by uh, finding out a little bit about the both of you. Briefly tell me, how did the two of you meet? Well, praise the Lord, Bishop. Uh, we met in church. I was married at the time. Uh, my first wife got sick, and she eventually went on to be with the Lord. And at that time, the only person in the church that I had interest in was my wife that is today. Mm-hmm. It is just one of those things that we we never had that type of relationship until after my wife passed. I didn't look at her funny or anything like that. But after my wife passed, I knew I wanted to be married again, but I didn't just want to marry anybody. So we was in the church together, so I knew a little bit about her but I still needed to know more. But that's how we initially met. So you met you met in the church, and this is a little different than most, um, most marriages and relationships. Your, your marriage to Evangelist Angela came after the passing of your wife, and you were not looking around and uh, trying to identify someone before your wife passed and saying, if she passes away, I'm going to marry Angela. That is very much correct. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just, I just need to get that cleared up because, you know, sometimes people are looking around in the church and saying, if something happens to my spouse, or if we divorce, I'm going to marry that sister over there, or I'm going to marry that brother over there. And, and sometimes they have things already worked out. Uh, that wasn't the case with the two of you. She wasn't even on your, your radar. No, sir. She was not until my wife passed away. Wow. So it, oh, she, she had the, uh, 
she had the makings of a good wife. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to ask you what is the makings of a good wife, but I'm afraid to ask that. <laughs> evangelist, yeah. evangelist Angela, his wife passed. Bishop, were you were you grieving, still grieving the loss of your wife at that time? Had you gotten bereavement care or counseling before moving on into your your marriage or relationship with uh, Evangelist Angela? No, sir, I did not get counseling. Uh, as far as uh, grieving, I have been through the grieving process, mm-hmm. but I'm a pretty strong brother when it comes to that. I yeah. just pray God to deliver because I realized it was something that I could not change. Mm-hmm. It was so I'm a realist and I kind of put my mindset in that position. So I, I wasn't grieving at the time, okay. even though, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I told I totally understand. Evangelist Angela, he said that you have what it takes for the making of a of a good wife. Can you can you help? Can you help a brother out? <laughs> well, well, thank you. Let me back up a little bit, Bishop. You were asking uh, for us to tell you briefly how did we meet. Um, My husband often reminds me about how we informally met in 1987 at a school bus stop. Okay. Uh, I didn't even realize it was him on the bus. I was taking uh, my younger son, son to his kindergarten bus stop. And he happened to be the school bus driver. Well, bless so, God. <laughs> well, that is hilarious. Yes, this was why while, while he was still married uh, to Ethel. Okay. Uh, so fast forward about a few months later, I started attending Bethlehem Holy Ghost headquarters, pastored by our wonderful Bishop Dr. Alan M. Malone. And this happened to be the same church that my husband had been attending. Okay. And now we fast forward to the loss of his beloved wife, sister Ethel Thomas. Um, she passed away on January the 14th, 1997, I believe. And very shortly afterwards, on May the 16th, 1997, uh, Bishop Malone stood up in the church. I was ushering that day, I'll never forget. And he announces that Minister Curtis Thomas wants to marry Sister Angie, as they call me. Yeah. Now, I'm out of the church getting water because I'm the usher, so I don't hear all of this going on. (laughs) So when I come back in, lo and behold, everyone is staring at me and all the beautiful smiles. Of course they are. I am wondering what in the world is going on. So on on that very next day, uh, he officially proposed to me, and we were married the following year, which was February the 21st, 1998. And I like to say that uh, Sister Ethel, his his first wife, her death gave life to our union. Wow. We would not even be together. Yeah. So I thank God for that. Wow. What an amazing story this is you're out getting water ministering in the house of god while your pastor 
our pastor, Bishop Dr. Alan Malone, is announcing to the congregation that Minister Curtis wants to marry Minister Angie. And you're like, what's going on here? Yes, sir. And I don't find out until after church when everyone starts coming up congratulating me. I'm trying to figure out why am I being congratulated? <laughs> Did you feel like you were being drafted or something? You know, <laughs> um, really a interesting service. <laughs> that was interesting. Have your way, Lord. Yes. <laughs> so when he officially proposed to you, at that time, Minister Angie, what was your response? What what kind of mind frame were you in? My response was immediately yes. You know, <laughs> you, you didn't have to pray about it. I didn't. You know, a year prior, me and Bishop was going to do some church work in Tucson, mm-hmm. and and um, this guy had approached me while we were eating lunch, and I was just so mean to him. And Bishop told me, he said, I give it a year. You're going to be married. <laughs> and I told Bishop Malone, I said, I don't know who. <laughs> wow. Well, he, he, was, he was absolutely accurate in his, in his prophecy. <laughs> wow, that is what an amazing, what an amazing story that is. Yeah. So, Bishop Curtis your wife has gone on to be with the Lord. You've gone through the grieving process. God has given you strength. You had seen Evangelist Angie or Minister Angie in the past, but she wasn't in your on your radar for marriage, love, or affection, or any kind of thing. What was it that made you attracted to her? Was it love at Second, third, or fourth sight? What what was it that turned things around? Well, where I look at it, Bishop, first of all, she's beautiful. Yes, she is. She has a very good character. And all of that was attractive to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know a lot about her at that time. So I needed to talk to her where people weren't trying to look down our throats to see what I'm saying. <laughs> He was Read, reading your lips, right? Yeah. Oh, he said I was being slick. I'm just being wise. There you go. <laughs> That's another way so, to say it. Yes, sir. So I'm going to a business meeting mm-hmm. up in two, and I said this would be an ideal time to take her with me yeah. and ask all the questions I wanted to ask. So I invited her to go with me. And while we was driving to Tucson, I started asking, I had a list of questions that I was asking her because I knew her, but I didn't know certain things about her. And everything that I asked her, she was checking off on the blocks. So I said, okay, this is going to work. So from that point, it just grew from there. What about you, um, Minister uh, uh, Evangelist Angie, at the time, Minister Angie, you said yes immediately. You didn't have to go on a, a three-day or, or, or a seven-day fast. You didn't have to do a Daniel's fast. You, you, you just <laughs> you seized the moment. Um, what was it for you that made you so decisive in the moment? Because I watched his ethics in the church. Oh, wow. I heard you. I, his ethics. Yeah. 
Wow. His his character mm-hmm. in the he was uh, an upright person in the church. Everyone loved him. Absolutely, the children loved him. Uh, and he forgot to tell you on that little excursion he decided uh-uh. to take me on. He did pop a, a little mouth question there. He said, if I asked you to marry me, what would you say? Mm, he wanted so, to. He was just he was putting his feet in the water. To say, yeah. he, he, <laughs> you knew it, Bishop. I'm he he was more. messing with me, Bishop. <laughs> You were being, you were being, you were being slick, Bishop. <laughs> and so I couldn't answer him. I told, I said, what did I tell you? Tell him what I told you. You didn't straight out say yes. Mm-hmm. You was so careful with every mm-hmm. question I asked her, Bishop. She was very careful on how she gave the answer. I don't remember the exact answer, but mm-hmm. she didn't. So it was like, Okay, we're gonna work with this. So you all were you all you all were playing. Um, if I can say it like this, you all were playing. Ta- you had tactics uh, against one another. <laughs> you were playing with one another, and and may the best person win. And it turned out to be a win win situation for both of you. Yes, yes it, did. it did. Do you believe that marriages? And I understand from what you've shared with us. Uh, Bishop Curtis, how the the marriage came about with you and Evangelist Angie. Do you believe in our general or overall way that marriages are made in heaven or are they made through hard work, through prayer, fasting, um, sacrifice, and etc.? What What is your thoughts on that? Well, I, I believe that there's probably some marriages that are made in heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took Hosea and when he married the prostitute. Yeah. Hosea wasn't trying to marry no prostitute. Right, right. God, God told him to marry her. Mm-hmm. You know, when he told her to marry her, it was to show Israel their sins. Right. So, but Hosea was not looking for a prostitute wife, mm-hmm. but at him, you know, Ruth and Boaz. Yeah. So, I would say some marriages are definitely ordained by God in that respect. And of course, hard work and, and all of that comes to your prayer and all that comes when you, when you still going into a relationship, God ain't going to do all the work. Evangelist Angie, do you believe that God put you and Bishop Curtis together? I certainly do. I certainly do. And to answer your question about um, marriage being uh, made in heaven, I, I believe that, yes, since marriage was instituted by God, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I say that the concept of marriage was made in heaven by the word of God. Yeah. I uh, often remember how God said it's not good for man to be alone. And so God made marriage by making Adam a helpmeet. Mm-hmm. And so though marriage is ordained by God, I can't say that all marriages were ordained by God because some people don't do it God's way. Right, right, right. Let's take a break and we'll come right back, okay? Yes, Yes, sir. This is Bishop Michael Bellamy. I hope you enjoy our podcast and subscribe to our Facebook page. You'll find our weekly 30-minute podcast on many of your favorite platforms. Would you please tell your family and friends to listen in as well? We would also love to hear from you. 
feel free to connect with us on Facebook and via email at theelephant2022 at gmail.com. My guests today are Bishop Curtis and Evangelist Angela Thomas. So glad to have them with us on today and uh, talking about what makes marriage work. Bishop and Evangelist, what are some of the pillars that support your marriage? What are the the indispensable pillars that have allowed you to remain married? So let me ask this question first. How long have you been married? We've been married for 25 years. Oh, my God. Yes, sir. So you definitely have some pillars in place. What are what are some of those pillars that, that you use to stay together to support your relationship, your marriage, your friendship for 25 years? Well, for me, I would definitely say uh, not just communication, but good communication and also respect. Mm -hmm. Because when there's a problem, you have to have good communication to work that situation out. We are two different people, and we don't always have the same ideal about everything. Uh, that doesn't mean we got to have a knockdown, drag out fight. Mm -hmm. It just means two different people, and we just need to communicate and then come to a happy medium mm -hmm. and uh, respect each other's uh, desires and wishes and uh, thoughts. And I feel like that's that's the real pillar to keeping us together. Evangelist Angie, I'm sure you agree, but is there something else that you want to speak on as a pillar of of the success of your marriage? Yes, I have to say God first in mm, everything. Because mm -hmm. God, we can do nothing. And without God, we would fail. And certainly prayer. Communication is key. Loyalty, honesty, and we have to spend family time together is a must. Loyalty. Being loyal to, are you referring to being loyal to God or being loyal to one another? Being loyal to God first, because we can't be loyal to one another without being loyal to God. So, and being loyal to one another. Okay, fantastic. Um, how do you, now Bishop, you said that, of course, you're two different individuals, you think differently, and of course, no, no couple see things eye to eye all the time. It's impossible to be married for any length of time and not have some kind of conflict. How do the two of you resolve conflict in your, in your marriage? Well, here again, it goes back to that good communication, Bishop, and respect for another. We have to talk through whatever disagreements we have. And like, like you said, and like I said, we don't agree on everything. And sometimes we may not even agree at the end, mm -hmm. but we respect one another. And, through that communication, things still works out for the good. So, Evangelist Angie, can you can you elaborate a little bit more, especially for young married couples, or for couples where there is a lack of respect? What is what do you mean by uh, respect for one another? Uh, it means uh, respecting. Uh, one another's communication. I, ag I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly 
uh, with my husband that we talk our way through it and allow the word of God to rule. So yes, communication can get you through a lot of things and we have to be respectful towards one another. I can't just talk it all out myself and not give him opportunity to speak. Mm -hmm. Some people dominant and they dominate the entire conversation so it's you know being respectful towards one another so i'm going to go i'm going to go off script here i did tell you that we may go off script uh between the two of you over the 25 years um is one of you more dominant in personality uh in character or in communication than the other we both were going to Yeah, she's more dominant in the uh, in that respect. Uh, I'm, I'm mostly I'm, I'm a quiet person, mm-hmm. but I'm a firm. I need to be. Mm-hmm. But as far as that, does she have a more dominant personality in that way? Okay, she likes it. <laughs> Do you ever find that 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 domination intimidating? No, sir, not intimidating. Mm-hmm. I don't look at it as being intimidating. I just look at it, that's her character. Mm-hmm. And if it's something that goes beyond what it should go, then, of course, we, here is the communication again. That's what we do. We talk it out, and I say, well, maybe that was a little bit too whatever it may have been. Mm-hmm. And we just talk, talk through it because we're going to have disagreements. Yeah. So what do you do when you have disagreements and, and, and you've communicated, uh, you've used all of your communication skills and um, articulated your thoughts, your feelings, your opinions, but at the end, you still don't agree. How do you resolve it? Well, I usually sleep it off, sleep on it, and then come back and revisit it later. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, especially if you're having a little bit of heated discussion, it's better to calm down and, you know, give yourself an opportunity to rest and think about the, the conversation and then come back and revisit I like to add to that. When that situation had come up, I, I, I go straight to God and ask God to bring about some peace. Because mm-hmm. if we can't work it out on our own, God has the answer for us. Mm-hmm. And that's what, like she said, we might take a pause. But doing that pause, I'm asking the Lord to come in and work the situation out. So when we come together again to communicate with good communication, peradventure, either we'll come to a happy medium, but we're going to go happy. We're not going to go, you know, angry and forget about everything else. That conversation you you have with God as the head of your household, as the spiritual leader in your home, and also a spiritual leader within the church community there, when you have that conversation with God about peace, do you get a definitive answer from God in your prayer, or does the answer come about in the follow-up discussion or conversations? Uh, sometimes he could give me that peace then. Mm-hmm. Sometimes answers don't come until later. Mm-hmm. So, but either way, some kind of way the answer comes. Mm-hmm. And God, sometimes he don't want to give you the answer right away. Yeah. Sometimes he make you sweat it out a little bit. But, <laughs> I know about sweating it out. I'm like, come on, Jesus. <laughs> come on, Holy Ghost. <laughs> he always comes through. He so does. He, he works it out. 
He does. Let's talk a little bit about one of the other issues that are very problematic in many marriages, and that is um, money. Money. How does the Thomas family manage the household money or investments? Who 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 does it, or is it um, is it a mutual a mutual type thing? Well, Bishop, my wife, she's better at finances than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I can't do uh, some finances or need to take care of whatever needs to be taken care of, but I relinquish that to the person who knows the most. Mm-hmm. And that's my wife. Very good at that. Uh, she's been doing it for years. So no need to break that. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm. Evangelist Thomas? Do you do, do you do you like managing the finances? I absolutely do, Bishop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy out of making sure that I do what is needed to keep my family secured financially. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love accounting. Uh, I love doing budgets. So it's right up my alley. Wow! I enjoy. Sounds like you're really blessed, Bishop Thomas. You've got somebody that loves, not only loves managing money, but can can do it and do it skillfully. What a blessing that is. What do you say to other couples who have uh, or believe in having joint and or separate accounts, having both of them, having a joint account, and then he and she have separate accounts? What is your what is your take on that? May I, honey? Yes. Um, since since we are that, one hold on, many- hold on. That is so sweet. <laughs> May I, honey? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna have to get you to come to CTCM and have a and talk with all of the married couples there. <laughs> if we are one in marriage. I recommend joint accounts, but I also recommend separate accounts when necessary mm-hmm. because in situations where separate accounts are needed for example business transactions you may have a business that you don't want to mix the family's pool of money with that also mm-hmm. i suggest if you have separate accounts that you ensure that either your spouse is added as a user or beneficiary or should something happen to you that way she has immediate access to those funds and vice versa this will keep money from being tied up in probate mm-hmm. which you probably know could take a long time to sort out in some cases yeah when my when my dad passed um that was one of the i know there were a thousand other things that needed to be done but i told my mom i says you need to go to the bank right now and and secure whatever money he has before it ends up in probate court. And uh, thank God she had the strength with all the grieving and going through all of the other things to to go and and take care of that business. Let me ask you, um, Evangelist Thomas, if there are separate accounts, let's say, for instance, the husband has a separate account. It's in his name and his wife is the beneficiary. Should she have access to those monies to use as well should she know how much money he has in that separate account and vice versa 
Yes, I believe she should. Again, they are one. Mm -hmm. They have a conversation. Like my husband has a separate account, and when money is put in that account, he's the only one that used that money. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I do that is because this pool of money over here, I may be paying bills with. Yeah. And the so husband decides to go out and get new tires for the for the car, there's a possibility we might have a deficiency here. Mm -hmm. So he has a pool of money. Uh, I know about that pool of money that he has in that separate account. I have access to that money. So there's nothing been hidden. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Um, that is absolutely. So you monitor, even though you're not using that account, you monitor all the accounts so that you know where you are financially. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Because many of times you will come back and ask me what is in the account that has his name. Mm -hmm. So his secretary as well that's, that's and cool. his accountant and bookkeeper. That's, that's many times when I, I want to go get something. I don't I don't spend a lot of money yeah. anyway. Mm -hmm. But when I, I feel like that maybe I'll spend a little more than what I think I, sh I should have. I'm gonna go back. I go back to her, and I sort of make sure I got enough money to do what I need to do, so I don't overdraft or anything on that day. Fantastic! You know we're just about out of time here, but before we go, I want to ask the two of you: What advice would you give your younger selves? You've been married now for for 25 years, knowing what you know now, and what experiences you've had over these 25 years, what would you say to, to, to Minister Curtis? What would you say to Minister Angie 25 years ago? Well, I would say for me, I wish I had gotten closer to God earlier. Mm -hmm. And I often said, man, if I had saved that money when I was younger, mm -hmm. I would better position that today. So yeah. I would, I would definitely try to be more conservative and don't just spend money just because I have it. Mm -hmm. So maybe, maybe now, you know, I'm retired now, but maybe, you know, we'd had a lot more money and I could have retired a lot sooner. So is that something that you would advise young men or young ladies who want to marry um, to not spend every nickel and dime that they have, but to save? Absolutely. You got to count up the cost. Mm -hmm. You'll build relationship you're building a family that family going to require money it's going to require a lot of other things as well but money sometimes gets the raw deal and people sometimes breaks up because of money right so i would i most definitely would say don't spend money on any and everything you know build your relationship you know use use wisdom when you're spending money evangelist angie 25 years ago, knowing what you know now, the experiences that, that you and Bishop have had together, what would you say to, to that younger minister, Angie, who was out there getting the water and found out that she was about to, to get married? I would say to my suggestion, even to any of the younger people today, would be to wait on God and be of good courage. Mm -hmm. In other words, take your time. Make sure you're hearing from God. Uh, to the younger men, I would say make sure that when you do get married, you're able to do 
as Ephesians 5 and 25 says, and that's husbands love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Those are some big shoes to fill yeah. and make sure that you have very good discernment and you do your research. Do your research before making your selection. So you hope to find that virtuous woman. And for the young women, I would advise them to read about the virtuous woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, know what qualities you should possess. Although we all don't have the same skills or the same characters, we also have some nice and pretty shoes to fill. Are you valuable? Ask yourself that. Are you an asset and not a liability? Can you be an asset and not a liability? Mm -hmm. Are you willing to do him good even when things are not so good? As far as, you know, finances, when finances go wrong, are you willing to make good, sound financial decisions? Are you willing to use wisdom and kindness when you speak? More importantly than anything, will you fear? Will you fear God? Is that what you're saying? Will you fear and obey God? Well, you know, I, I need to I need to ask you one more question, I think, before we go. I have heard so many singled young ladies and most of them eligible for marriage who want to marry, who are waiting on God, but they're tired of waiting. There is a small pool of holy apostolic Pentecostal men to choose from. What would you say to, I don't want to use the word desperate, but I will because some of them are desperate. What would you say to that desperate young lady who has been waiting, uh, praying, and nothing seems to be happening? How would you encourage her? I would tell her to continue to wait. And the reason being is because when a lot of women get desperate, they end up with husbands that that is not for them. Mm-hmm. They end up uh, going shipwreck mm-hmm. when they do. I know a lot of sisters right now who rushed into marriage and now they wish they wouldn't have because they're being abused. Wow. Bishop Thomas, would you recommend that that a eligible uh, bachelor make sure that he has his list? So that when he sits down and talk with her, he can go down that list. Absolutely. He has to count up the cost. He has to have a a vision, some type of vision of that person. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, even though a person is waiting for God to uh, bring them a husband or a wife, sometimes you got to think, now, I don't know who they may be, but sometimes are they really putting themselves out as a wife or a a potential wife or a potential husband mm-hmm. because the cat it's a difference because like I said out of everyone in the church the only one that I felt had the character that I was looking for was the wife that I have now even though there was other single women in the church but it doesn't matter if you're single if you're not putting yourself out as the kind of person that you want to bring home to to, to mama wow. or to daddy wow some people just not there. They're so desperate and they come off as being desperate. Mm-hmm. I don't think I want a desperate woman because that don't seem like, you know, a person is desperate. They might do anything. Mm-hmm. You just have to be humble 
You have to wait on God. You have to present yourself as as wife material or as husband material and pray that somebody see you and sweep you off your feet. <laughs> like you did, like you did Minister Angie. Let me ask you, when he swept you off of your feet, um, did you spill the water in the glass? I think she forgot about the water. <laughs> Bishop Curtis and uh, Evangelist um, Angie Thomas, thank you so much. I love the two of you so dearly, and I really appreciate you spending this time with me talking about what makes marriage work. We could go for another 30 or 40 minutes talking about this, but our time is up. Thank you so much. Did you have some closing remarks before we go, Bishop? I would say, let us hear the conclusion of the matter. Love God and keep his commandments. Evangelist Angie? Amen, I agree. (laughs) Well, friends, I certainly hope that you have enjoyed our episode. I hope that you will share it with family and friends. Today's episode was produced by Associate Pastor Corey Linden Bellamy Sr. Be safe, stay healthy, God bless. Rose painted by Paige. If I were a rose painted black, would you cast me aside like black and burnt rice? Would my color tarnish my sweet smell? If I were a rose painted black, would the richness of my ebony petals make me unworthy of being called a rose? If I were a rose painted white, would my ivory petals be worth more than silver? Would my sweet smell captivate a room welcomely? If I were just a rose, sweet smelling and vibrant, and your mind was blind, would my color matter? <laughs>